take your heart pills and, and buckle up. This is the Rich Eisen Show. So take your heart pills now. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Buckle up. Hope that works for you, Rich. <laughs> Best I could do on short notice. The Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> Earlier on the show, Texas A&M football head coach Jimbo Fisher. Still to come. QB Summit founder Jordan Palmer. Alabama offensive tackle Evan Neal. Plus actor Liam Neeson. And now... Rich That's right, Liam Neeson and Jimbo Fisher on the same te- uh, television radio show. What do you make of it? Here's what I make of it. It's, ta- it's top notch. It's, I'm now talking to myself, which is odd, because I have human beings here. Oh, yeah, we're here. Yeah, right. Wait, is Liam, like, <laughs> hunting Jimbo? Did, like... I will this, find is you. Is this, like, taken four? I will give you an NIL deal in the transfer portal. <laughs> if you enter the portal, I will find you. There you go. Is that it? Did we finally workshopped we it? We finally nailed it? All right. By the way, that, that should be. Neeson should just make a movie called Transfer Portal. That's it. Yeah. I would watch that. Transfer Portal? Yeah. <laughs> Unseen. I don't even need a trailer. I haven't been starting lately. I am leaving. I'm entering the portal. Liam Neeson If you don't start me, I will find you. The Transfer Portal. All right. Um... It's good. I think that's good. I think yeah. we've we've worked it uh, to its limit right I'm gonna there. I'm going to put out a Twitter poll. <laughs> <laughs> Would you watch a Liam Neeson movie called Transfer Portal? Evan Neal, uh, one of the top prospects in this year's draft, is joining us top of hour number three. We've already talked about Kyler Murray. We've already talked about the Golden State Warriors doing their thing. Again, Jimbo Fisher was on the program. We spent mostly talking about NIL and transfer portals and things like that. Um, and then last hour, we finished up with uh, uh, my colleague Tom Pelissero's NFL.com piece on unnamed executives and coaches and scouts having their way with these uh, top quarterback prospects in this year's draft. And that's just a quarterback-driven league, so it's always a quarterback-driven draft. And joining us here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line, a former quarterback uh, in the National Football League who now is deep in the business of making sure these kids are as good as possible getting in the league. And once they're in the league, Jordan Palmer here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you doing, Jordan? I'm doing great. I was. I'm listening to you guys talk about this potential for this Liam Neeson yes. transfer portal movie. Yes. I don't think we need a movie. The whole thing is a reality show. What okay. we need is just to get some of this behind the scenes drama and see what's really happening because the stories I'm hearing are bananas about the transfer portal. Right? Is that what you're saying? Oh, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. Well, it's, it's literally it's a reality show that's happening. We just need to document it. Well, I mean, because it is just you know, Jordan. When when kids go in these portals uh sometimes it might just be to kick the tires right not to to go anywhere correct is that what the way this yeah. thing's working so so last year i i, I live in dana point in southern california and yep. like you up, up by you not in the same neighborhood as you yes, right. but uh <laughs> you know houses on prices are ridiculous it's like you know i'm hearing houses in my neighborhood i'm like there's no way that house is worth that so last october i was like i refinance and mm-hmm. the, you know you when you do a refinance it tells you what your house is worth and you're yes. like nah it's worth more than that and so I just put it on the market to see. It, you know, I just want to test the market. And I just listed my house for the weekend. I was out of town anyways, and it came back double what it was appraised for. And so I just think that's what guys are doing. They're going, wait a second, okay, this guy got this. This guy got that. Let me just see what I get. And then they can go back to where they were at, or they can go and take that offer and go to another school. So I just think it's, it is a market now, and, uh, and kids are testing that market. But it's the wild, wild west. It, I, I'm kind of in the middle of it, and I just think I, I can't predict a thing. I just think you're going to hear a bunch of crazy stuff. Kids are going to get overpaid, underpaid, screwed over. Uh, great opportunities created for themselves. It, you're going to hear a little bit of everything. The dust will settle over here in the next year or so, and then we'll kind of be able to uh, figure out what this is going to be moving forward. Are you hearing of kids being told, you come here, we're definitely get, like you're guaranteed this amount of NIL deal? Is that Are you hearing that sort of stuff? Yeah, Jordan? for sure. Yeah, for sure. And and it's and it's part I, I don't even know what I don't even know what the rules are. But yeah, I mean kids are they're testing the market and they're getting offers and they're making decisions off of it and one way or another and it's across the board, small schools and big schools. It's not an indictment on one place. I think uh people are just kind of running rampant. 
Quarterback Summit founder and coach, uh, former NFL quarterback Jordan Palmer here on the Rich Eisen Show six days before the NFL draft. Okay, so uh, guys that you've uh, had in your uh, graces and are in the league now, I've heard of a lot of them, Josh Allen, Joey Burrow, just to name a few. Um, Desmond Ritter is your guy going to this year's draft, correct? Is Desmond that guy for you? Yeah, yeah, I've got a group of four guys, and and Desmond's in that group, and got a chance to work with Desmond the last couple years. Um, And uh, I think with this, there's, there's so much talk about this draft class and what people think it isn't. Um, and it, what I think it, what I think this draft class is from a quarterback's perspective is just a little bit more difficult to predict, which means a little bit more difficult to slot. And then if you, if you don't know for sure that you're Drake taking this quarterback and he's our guy and we're all in on him, um, then that, and you're in the middle of the first round, then that left tackle looks a little bit more interesting. That corner looks a little more interesting. That pass rusher looks a little bit more valuable. And so it's just going to be a weird, uh, I think it's going to be a weird first round with quarterbacks, and then there'll be a little bit of run once one team or two teams kind of takes the guys off the board. Um, and I just kind of predict this, like two or three guys mid to late first round um, and a little bit of a run happening. But I, with Desmond, the one thing that I can stand on is uh, I, I like guys that have proven that they're winners over time. You know, he won in high school. He's 34 and four, something like that in college. He's 26 or 27 and 0 at home. Uh, I like those types of data points. Um, yards can be misleading. Touchdowns can be misleading. Interceptions can make those a lot of picks, and that can be misleading. Um, but I like wins, and and uh, I just think there's there's some teams that are drafting. You know, like a team like Seattle, um, where when they just went with the winner at quarterback, it worked. Right, and they built around them. Yes, um, and so there's teams like that that have hung their hat on. Just give me the competitor, winner, leader guy with the tools, and we'll build around him, and we'll play him. You know, we'll we'll, we'll get him ready to play. Uh, that philosophy's worked for a couple of teams that are actually looking to take a quarterback this year. Well, the comp that I hear a lot is Dak. Is that fair? Yeah, I think there's some similarities to Dak. Um, uh, a winner, uh, Dak is a, a work ethic guy. He's you know he's he handles every situation correctly. And I guess I'll take a step back. We've talked about this in the past, Rich. Mm-hmm. When I'm evaluating quarterbacks, I look at two things. I look at confidence and I look at maturity. Confidence is, uh, you know, not having reactionary confidence where I'm reacting to the situation. And if it's going well, I'm good. If it's going bad, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm losing confidence. But it's self-generated confidence where it put me in any situation. I believe this about myself, right? Uh, Dak and, and Des, you could definitely compare those two guys there. Uh, and Dak, you know, at this point in his career, when he was getting ready for the NFL, but the maturity side of things is where I really see a comparison with Dak and and Dez. So Dez grew up very, very quick. Um, you know, man in the house when he was little. His mom had him when he was fifteen years when she was fifteen years old. Um, so just just a lot of life happened for Dez at a very, very young age. And this is a kid who's never been in trouble, always gotten good grades, Mister Volleyball in the state of. Kentucky when he picked up a new sport, uh, you know, and, and then, you know, takes over this program and they're getting hot and they turn it around and he just never lost a game at home and has handled all these situations so well. Dak, he's had a lot of loss in his life, right? His mother, recently his brother, um, he, you know, coming out of college and then transferring in out, getting thrown into a brand new situation. He was a number three quarterback on the depth chart with the Dallas Cowboys heading into that year. Romo gets hurt in a preseason game. Kellen Moore breaks his ankle in practice. Insert rookie fourth round pick Dak Prescott. He handles that situation fantastic. That is a good comp in those two categories for sure. And then they're both very mobile and and uh, and guys that that players gravitate towards too. So I, when I hear that comp, I like that comp. Well, and then uh, my colleague at the NFL Media Group, Tom Pelissero, um, uh, and his annual quarterback column before the draft where he allows uh, scouts and general managers and executives and uh, coaches and coordinators just have their anonymous say on the subject matter, and you got to separate wheat from chaff. I want to read a quote that he he had an unnamed AFC executive saying about Desmond Ritter, I want to like him more than I do. He elevated a program. He's a mobile guy. His arm's not elite. It's inconsistent as all get out to the accuracy and just the arm strength, but he's the one you're like, all right, maybe he's got a little something. How do you respond to that? Do you think, Jordan? Yeah, I, you know, I, it's funny. Todd McShay had a quote last year where he said, I love 75% of his tape, whatever the number was, 75 80%. Right. Um, 
and I'm not sure what to do with the rest of it. I actually said I agreed. So when I look at Dez, and, and this is for any quarterback, um, you take somebody in the first round, you're basically the media and fans and most people I would say have an amateur uh, you know, perspective on the quarterback position and what it takes to get good. Mm-hmm. Um, they believe they want to sit here and go, well, how is he entering the NFL? Because if he has to play as a rookie, well, how is he going to play? Well, the reality is most of the first-round picks in any draft, if you put them right away in a bad situation, it's not going to go very well. Right, some of them will outplay it. I'd say Deshaun Watson as a rookie, play you know elevated a team from day one. Yes, uh, but Patrick Mahomes would not have. Ask Patrick Mahomes how he thinks he would have done week one as his rookie year. Ask him how he thinks that that year would have gone. But most of these guys, they got to get in and get settled a little bit. So you have to be able to look at the trajectory, and you have to be able to build around that trajectory to help them get there. And so I believe, and I've said this for a long time, that most teams, if you put a list together, all the quarterbacks that people think are busts, right, that they, 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 that guy was a bust. I believe that more teams busted on developing that player than that player was just a bust, right? There's too many guys that have had success elsewhere, right? The second, look at Rand Tannehill had success again. I'm predicting that Marcus Mariota is going to do really well this year in Atlanta. So th- these types of things where, yeah, they just, at that point, in that situation, no, they didn't handle it well. So i got to look at the trajectory, and it's the same reason why everybody thought I was crazy when I said that Josh Allen was going to be what he is. Is you, Okay, how are they right now entering this draft cycle? But then what, what is missing about his game? And then is he, does he have a plan in place to get there? And I would say with Desmond Ritter, throws to the left, some balls outside to the right, down the field beyond 30 yards, uh, intermediate accuracy uh, with internal. Yeah, there's just these little things where you go, yeah, I'd like to see him get cleaner there. But, you know, I'm working with him. But also, like, this kid has a plan for that. And with his work ethic and his approach to the game and how mature he is, I, then he's, he's, it's just a matter of time. He's going to be there. And that's why people go, well, I want to make my list based off where they're at today. So, yeah, every, usually we have one or two guys that everybody says, oh, this guy's ready right now. But they need more time. And I don't think that's a knock on somebody to say, hey, in the next year or two, this guy's going to reach his potential. And when he gets to that potential, if that's really high, then that's the evaluation. Jordan Palmer here on the Rich Eisen Show. And again, you just mentioned how, you know, Josh Allen and Mahomes needed to wind up in the right spot with the right amount of time, um, you know, marinating, cooking, whatever you want to say. And, um, and Malik Willis is just fascinating for so many people in this year's draft. Another quote from the Tom Pelissero. Uh, piece that I just quoted uh, an unnamed executive about um, your guy and Desmond Ritter mentioned again uh, how Willis um, is the number one guy in the class and for what other people want to talk about in terms of readiness or all this other stuff it was the same thing with Josh Allen it was the same thing with Mahomes I think people are a little short-sighted with that kid kind of playing into what you just said what what has what what did work for for Josh Allen to now that he is he's clearly an MVP favorite coming into this year, and it's just so dynamite. His his he's on a, his his rocket ship is now in a different universe. What well, what about that that you saw and are seeing now might be translatable uh, for those waiting for the draft six days from now, Jordan? Yeah, I think it's a combination of what they have and what they need, right? So anybody who's listening to this, whatever you do for a living, and if you're not, if you're a stay-at-home parent and you're listening to this, put yourself in that situation. My wife is a stay-at-home mom, so this would be the same case. What do you have and what do you need? Okay? So like from a resource standpoint, here's what Josh Allen at that point in his career had. One, he had an internal belief that he was special and different and whatever word you want to use for it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, he knew he wasn't there yet, and he knew you know, he was throwing every day with Sam Darnold and Sam threw it better. Sam was more polished. Sam had played big-time college football, right? Sam was a big recruit. So at that time, during draft training five years ago, um, you know, Josh got to see the gap, right? But he had an internal belief that when, when, he, when he got all those resources, that he would be there. So one, he had a belief. Two, he had, you know, a bunch of talent, right? He can run fast. He can jump high. He can throw it a mile. Right? I, never, I didn't teach Josh Allen how to throw it hard. Right? <laughs> so he had... And also, Josh is a guy that, if you explain it to, as soon as he understands it, he it's it, now he owns the information. 
right? Some guys you got to continue to remind them over and over again that teach them that new thing, and they got you got to hit it a bunch of times. Josh is incredibly inquisitive. He understands it, um, and, and he picks things up really quickly. So I could keep going on that. So he had a list of things that he had, okay? And then he had he needed resources. He needed to be put in a position where he could, like, proper base and movement and how you use the ground. He needed to learn that, and then he needed a bunch of reps at it, and then he needed a place that would draft him that would continue down that path, which is what Ken Dorsey, the quarterback coach at the time, now the OC, uh, Brian Dable, then OC, now head coach of the Giants, right? That the, the people around him helped facilitate that. And so he needed, he, he needed these additional resources from a mechanic standpoint, from how to learn it, from a system, and then talent. I mean, his rookie year, you know who his number one receiver was in Buffalo? There's a trivia question for you. Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> so he needed resources. Okay. Um, and so I just think it starts with Brandon Bean and, and Terry and Kim Pagula, but they, t- they, they said, you know what? We're all in on what he has, and then we're all in on putting these resources around him, the correct ones. And so what should have happened in six or seven years happened in three. And that's it. And so when I look at a Malik Willis or any of these guys who have a ton of tools, they have – they have tools. They need resources. Malik Willis, whether he's a bust or a boom or whatever the opposite of a bust is or, or a superstar, mm-hmm. I think it's not going to come down to him. It's actually going to come down to who takes him and what resources they put around him. Going back to my point of more busts in the league happen because teams uh, fail in the ability to develop around them more than that player was a bust. I guess you could say uh, like Lamar in Baltimore. Right, like what a what a stroke that was for him. Even though it was it was a long night for him to be drafted thirty second overall, but for him to wind up in that spot, they changed their offense eventually, and um, now they're trying to pay him. But it, right, I mean, like that seems to be what do you have? What do you need? And they gave him what he needed in that regard. One hundred percent. I think we we try and create a model. Uh, the fans and media try and create a model around the t- the prototypical quarterback which is just dumb nowadays because there's all, there's all sorts of ways to do it. This position has never been more equal opportunity. We got five, 10 guys getting draft, you know, Heisman and breeze and, 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 uh, you know, Russell, we got lefties. We've had two quarterbacks from North Dakota state taken in the top three picks in the last six years. I mean, it's wide open. And so we can't, they're no longer like six foot four from one of these five schools like it used to be in the 90s, right? So nowadays it's wide open. So we can't have a model for a type of quarterback. The model is how do we take a quarterback what he has, and are we as an organization in a position to immediately give this guy each resource? Identify what the resource is, and whether that's what we do here at this place or not, we put those resources around him. I think Lamar Jackson is a perfect example of an organization who said, here's what this guy has, here's what this guy needs, and boom, every single person from the quarterback coach to the offensive coordinator to getting Mark Andrews, who played in a spread system with a runaround quarterbacks, to like every single piece, they're still Baltimore, and they still get after the quarterback, and they still do all that stuff. But boom, they immediately build around him. Kansas City is an example. Buffalo is an example. Jared Goff what didn't end up being the guy, but the way that they brought in Sean McVay and built around Jared those couple of years, like – that was a spot. So there's a handful of teams that are doing a fantastic job of doing this. Um, and so it's now that there's these open spots with these young guys, what's Seattle going to do? What is, uh, you know, is Carolina, what are, the, what are these other places going to do if they mm. take a quarterback to build around this young guy? Last one for you, Jordan. I love this conversation. You just make me smarter, and I just love getting right into it here. But last one for you here. Um, so, again, we've just discussed Josh Allen, who you, you've had um, for years, and the jump that he's made from year one, two, three. Um, we just saw an incredible jump from another one of your guys, Joe Burrow. What does a jump from year two to year three look like for him, do you think, Jordan? Well, I, I think um, what I look at and, and what – I think my role with some of the when guys um, reach the success that Josh and Joe have had is we're not really working on fundamentals anymore. They essentially own their stroke. They own, they make, they throw a bad ball. They know why and fix it. Mm-hmm. That's part of what I do is I help guys get to self correction, right? Um, 
the next phase is, uh, and I'm not going to teach Joe how to win. That's that's why I'm asking this question, Jordan, is because what an incredible leap from a guy coming out from a blown out knee, right? Um, So what did, what, that's the, I'm, and they, you, we just discussed what does somebody need? What do they have? What do they need? He needed protection. It seems like they've hit the heck out of that in free agency. Now comes a draft. What do you think of that, that leap will look like? For Joe Burrow well, this year, I think um, with with well, Joe the way the way that I the way that I uh, approach these guys is is efficiency, and so uh, when I look at Joe Week One to Joe call it the AFC Championship game, right, um, is the amount of plays where he's has efficient movements versus inefficient movements, and so um, now I can we can talk for twenty minutes around what my definition of an inefficient movement is, but. <laughs> really how we put force in the ground to create leverage to move our hips to the next spot. And so in the AFC championship game, Joe had, you know, three plays that I thought were inefficient movements. One was a pick, one should have been picked and one was an incompletion on third down. And it was just essentially not, you know, something got him off. He was disconnected from the ground and then it's just, he's not as efficient. The ball dying on the interception to the left, um, to, to honey badger, right. It just, that was not a bad throw. That was a inefficient movement. And so, I just look at Joe, who this is his first offseason. Right. When he went through the draft process, that was, that was COVID. That was brand new. He, he basically took over the team when they were installing new offense, new quarterback, new everything, via Zoom. He didn't meet anybody until training camp. So then this last offseason, he's rehabbing his knee. That's essentially your number one commitment, football second, right? And so this is his first offseason. Mm. And I just think this is his first time where he gets to completely own the preparation going into the year from an installation, from his body, from his team, from his teammates, from getting timing with guys, um, where I actually think there is a jump available uh, to him. And the way he played down the stretch is incredible, but to do that for 17 consecutive weeks, I'd say the same thing with Josh. They had a week one loss to Pittsburgh last year. Right. Well, can't do it if you want to play home field advantage at the end. So I, I just look at it and go, how do you, how do you start – where you left off. And for those two guys in general, in, in particular, uh, they were essentially playing perfect football at the end of the year. Look out. I mean, basically look out, you know, um, the level of play right now, Rich, like this is getting crazy. Well, I, I mean, mean, there's a lot of guys playing damn near perfect football right now. Right. And then the AFC is such a deep end of the pool for it. It, it got deeper. It got way deeper. Like there's an undertow now, a considerable undertow. That's how deep it is in the AFC. And, um, I, and, and Rich, on that, Russell Wilson and Derek Carr are going to go. We haven't seen Derek Carr play with a guy like this before. That's right. He had A.B. taken from him in training camp two years ago. Last year, we have the, the, the tragic event right. with Harry Ruck. Like, he hasn't had a Devontae Adams. Are you kidding me? Except in so college, right? Rock, when, except in college when he had the actual genuine article, right? And they looked terrific. And, and, so, and the ball didn't touch the ground. <laughs> Jordan, let's uh, let's continue the conversation. I'd love to have you here in person when you can, and we'll just keep chopping it up like this. I truly appreciate it. You be well. Thanks awesome. for the time. Thanks. Thanks. You. you got it. That's yeah. Jordan Palmer, everybody. I could listen to this I know. type of quarterback I wanted to keep him. I wanted to all, keep him. I wanted to keep him. I wanted to keep him. It's so good, and it's so interesting. All right, let's take a break. Phone calls when we come back. What's more likely as well? Uh, Evan Neal and Liam Neeson still to come. And by the way, it's not a joke. I really mean those two still to come. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least... 
The partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Before we take phone calls, you said you had a question based on, what? I mean, what a conversation. Oh, it was with, great. It and, was and awesome. it, Isn't it amazing how he makes it sound so simple, he breaks it down. <laughs> right. he, he sounds like Dilfer quite a bit, too. Like, he, yeah. he can he can simplify it so, uh, and boil it down yeah. so finely that, hey, here's what it is. I just found it so fascinating, his, his point of that it's no longer – the quarterbacks from the top five, six programs that's six, four and above Mm -hmm. that get drafted high up. It's wide open now. He pointed out both Trey Lance and Carson Wentz have been used uh, from North Dakota State. Uh, Top three picks were used on both. So it's more wide open. So the evaluation isn't about the kid as much of the kid plus your ability to make it cash. What does he have? What does he need? And it sounds so simple. But if to, to use the the a league of their own yeah. line, like if it was if it was easy, then everyone would do it. How do so many teams get it so wrong? Yeah, my question is, he was talking about the the level of talent in the league and how it, there's just maybe we've never seen this much talent at the quarterback position in the history of the NFL, and it got me thinking about the NBA as well. Like, look at the top twenty NBA players in the league, and then you think about the twenty after that are so good too. Which league has more of an influx of talent right now? NFL, NBA is just, we're so blessed as sports fans to kind of be living in this moment and to be able to watch these incredible athletes, Hall of Fame, all-time greats at this given time. It's just, I don't know, I guess I thought I had a question. Maybe it's not a question, no, just an observation. I, but I find it's, just, it's incredible. Well, an interesting observation because I, I could speak, you know, um, about the NFL having done all these drafts a little bit more expertly, despite my, you know, basketball knowledge um, that, Oh boy. No, that, that don't you remember when the Manning and Brady era was at its peak? Mm -hmm. Okay. And big Ben would, you know, work his way in every now and then. And then Flacco flashed. The Flacco Flash. Flacco. The conversation was, certainly in the AFC, was who's going to be next? Like, like we should take in this Brady-Manning moment because the quarterback position will never be played at as high a level as we're currently seeing right now. And that who the, the who's next conversation settled a lot on Breeze, mm-hmm. right? It settled on Rodgers. I'm again talking at the height of the 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 era of of Brady and yeah, Manning. Philip Rivers fell on Philip. Yeah. Like who's the next guy once these guys move on? And one of them still hasn't moved on. Another one was at the Nuggets Warriors game last night. That's where Peyton Manning was last night. You know, but now you take a look, and you've got Josh Allen and Mahomes playing that playoff game that they played last year. And that's what I think he's also referring to, Jordan Palmer's like the level of play that you're seeing. And then you could throw um, – you have to throw Burrow in that mix now too. That's why I wanted to ask him, what does a Burrow leap look like from year two to year three? If year one to year two looked like that, and his point was year zero to year one was in COVID, and then he looked like he was taking his licks and beginning to grow – in his first year there. 
But year one to year two was such a monumental leap. What does year two to year three look like? If he's going to have us, whatever the distance between year one and year two, if you could actually put it into, you know, geographic terms or, you know, geometric terms, whatever that size is, could you imagine if you then have that size from year two to year three? What that looks like? And then you've got Herbert involved. You have Mac Jones coming off of the best season a rookie uh, had last year. You've got Russell Wilson coming in. You've got Derek Carr playing the way that he's playing. You've got Deshaun Watson now coming back. Lamar Jackson's a former MVP. You've got Trevor Lawrence already drafted in there. Matt Ryan just arrived. But I'm just talking about the next generation of quarterbacks that you thought Honestly, I really thought sitting on the NFL Network set, who's going to be next at the quarterback position? And that's kind of my point. And I, I'm just talking about this conference. I don't even yeah. talk about Kyler I mean, Murray and everyone across else. the whole league, and maybe half the league, you would say, has an elite-level quarterback. Uh, and then you look at the NBA, hope. try to rank the top 15 players in the NBA. It's impossible. You could argue that for days. Well, number one is Jordan Poole, and then who's your two? <laughs> Exactly. Oh boy. Which Jordan would you rather have, Rich, Michael or Jordan? Nice. Or, no, or I, and I, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. You know, you it's got Jokic and Giannis yeah. and Embiid, just to name your MVPs, just from this past year alone, and Booker, and so on and so forth. I know. I, you're right. Yeah. The talent in both leagues is just off the charts. Let's take a phone call here. Um, Peter in Texas has been waiting over an hour. Wants to say hello to you, TJ. What's up, Peter? Oh. Happy Friday, guys. How y'all doing? What's going on, Pete? So, uh, I know it's Friday, and I know TJ does his uh, big grab bag every week. It's coming up. I I want to uh, celebrate that by supporting TJ's multi-fandomness, because I, too, am a fan of multiple teams at one point. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Okay, Peter. So I'm. Yeah? Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, I'm a Cowboys fan because I, I live in Texas. Mm. My dad's a Cowboys fan. Uh, I'm a Saints fan because, you know, I fell in love with them during the Super Bowl run. Uh, I was a Cardinals fan for half a second because both Patrick Peterson and Tyron Matthew were on there and so on and so forth. So I see nothing wrong with this whatsoever. Uh, I support TJ in all this. Uh, I did not think I'd get this far. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm, I've run out of things to say. No, don't worry about it, Peter. You don't have to. It's, it's, all, it's, it's all good. When, when Dallas plays uh, the Saints, though, who do you root for? Uh, the offense. Over. Okay. Roots for the over, Peter. Good man. Root for the over. Thanks for the call, Peter. There you go. That's Peter in Texas. You know, whereas I and I've run out of things to say. I didn't think I'd make it this far. I I appreciate. I appreciate that call from Peter. But even I got to say, three NFL teams. Like you guys give me crap because I like multiple college teams who don't play each other. Three NFL teams. I I don't normally say this about callers. Certainly, somebody who sounds as sweet (laughs) as Peter. But that's that's weird. Okay, (laughs) weird. But Saints and Dallas, you know, they're obviously they're geographically right yeah. connected. Um, connected in a way. They, they Keep doing Gulf your thing. South, there. I guess. Dallas is not on the Gulf, but, I'm, you know. Yeah. That was great. Keep doing your thing. Settle though, down Pete. just a little bit. Uh, Have a weekend. I like Peter. Uh, <laughs> pause. Okay. I mean, let's just don't, be careful. Let's not talk about banging bodies. That was funny last night. Pause. I know. And then I'll Chuck is just like, watching, come on, dude. <laughs> Watching Shaquille O'Neal giggle like a school child. I, look, let me just let's let's break this down here. He knew what he was doing. I have been in Ernie's chair. I know what Ernie's thinking. I know what's happening on the set. We have. I have been there. Um, you know when when Charles last night was saying when it when when you're banging a guy and all of that stuff and then they're banging on him and you spin off the guy and Shark's laughing and um, and um, um, and Kenny's laughing, and Charles is re- finally realizes what they're laughing at, <laughs> and then his analysis then just evolves into, "Come on, guys, oh, come you know, on. like, come on." He's trying to be professional. He's trying to make a point. And these other guys are laughing. At that, at that point, when the director cuts to Shaq giggling, that's when Ernie comes in with the statistics. Well, it's a ten-point game, right. and you know he's trying to get it to break this as is, fast as possible, keep right it somewhat ship. on the rails. He's 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 literally in between the two guys who are giggling. <laughs> Uh, same thing happened to me. I'll just tell the story. It happened. It's out there on the internet. Uh, at the draft in Chicago, day three. Me, Daniel Jeremiah, Charles Davis, Mike Mayock, a guy named Willie Beavers got drafted. Oh, and Mayock said he was a Beavers guy. 
(laughs) (laughs) And then we start giggling and, and then we throw to the podium and they come back and it was a guy, um, I'll just tell, I'm telling the story. I'm so deep in it right now. Told a story, and, and it was a guy who who's drafted his, his, his uh, I think his name was Dion Bush. And oh at that point in time, we could not uh, keep it together. <laughs> and we start laughing. And um, I can't, we can't hold it together. We cannot hold it together. We're acting like school children. It is totally sophomoric. It is totally not at all adult. It's not professional. Me telling the story might not even be professional. You're not even looking at me eye <laughs> contact not, right I now, Chris. You can't believe I'm, I'm going down this road. But it's all out on the, yeah, uh, I'm the look, internet. I'm looking for and it. And so, <laughs> just like Ernie last night, I tried to keep it on the rails, but I couldn't because my three guys were la- Even Mayock was laughing. And um, uh, Chris Wirtz, our producer, gets in the ears and he goes, Rich, you got to help me out here. And I just looked at the camera. I'm like, I can't. Just throw the break. I literally said those things out loud. <laughs> just started a commercial and a, break. And then a Johnson was drafted shortly thereafter. It yeah. was... It was um, Actually, the title of the YouTube video is Beavers, Bush, and Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it, uh, I don't know if it was a Johnson, but it was, I think, the running back Smallwood got drafted. Oh, gosh. And then it was over. <laughs> this is like, you know, it's, it's, it's like round five, round six. Round, uh, that's what I thought of last night when I saw Ernie... Just throw it to break. Just like, okay, guys, let's throw it to break. Have you guys ever picked up on Mike Breen reading The Girls Gone Wild? It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's like hearing him say that coming back from a commercial. It's like, break yeah, it's, it's, like the Turner, it's the Turner documentary. Yeah. Like that. All right. Uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, what's more likely? And some more phone calls before Evan Neal and then uh, the great Liam Neeson join us here on The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs Costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Back here on our program, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the show. Um, Al in Dallas, what's up, Al? How you been? Hey, TJ, I know he's wearing you out with the basketball thing. I heard you ugging in the background when he said it. You know, <laughs> it's too bad. Draft <laughs> I mean, I just, I just I mean, heard it. And, uh, and Rich, uh, I know it's Friday, but uh, you just glossed over this question you asked Brockman before. You said to him, have you ever seen Chinatown? And his response was, "No, I've read, I read the, script. the script. I know that." And you and you didn't even because because it's just it doesn't it it, it uh, whatever it probably for what you know, for it was a school in class or something like that. For <laughs> is that what you did? I'm like, not averse. I actually have it saved on my DVR. 
I recorded oh, it's it. All right. He also ago. he also stopped right. watching uh, the Manchurian Candidate in the middle. You still haven't watched the second half of that movie, still right? Still have the second half on DVR. Yeah, he'll get to that. The original? Yeah, yeah the, the original. original. Yeah. Oh, I'm not oh, talking oh about the The original is as great as it gets. I mean, it's the only one you can watch, and I love the actors in the other one. Oh, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes these guys, you know, they got to do things for money. You know, They're welcome to the world of sports. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the world of sports. Uh, so, Richard, uh, we're excited about next week. Obviously, very right? much. Uh, we both have teams that. Uh, that uh, you know, and the George Young going to take the best guy you know that's available. Right. Um, I mean, I want. I, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert in uh, college uh, college football and the draft, but I want the best guys that are available at the time. I think. Uh, well, how about this, Al? I, I I I would sit tight because I hope for your your sake, your your the Giants are going to draft the kid I'm interviewing in 15 minutes, and Evan Neal. Okay. I mean, right, I think he'll be there at five if the Giants are still sitting there at five. And that's exactly what you need. No, no more of this yeah. garbage of a, of a, of a turnstile. Uh, and, and it's time at the left tackle spot. It's time, yeah. it's time to protect Daniel Jones and give him the protection that he needs. And if Kadarius Tony shows up and he's healthy and then the rest of this team um, can actually stay healthy at their, the running back spot and the wide receiver spot, yeah. then, then maybe, just maybe, this, this is a team that can come up with some Ws with Dayball. You know? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, and lastly, Rich, yes, uh, it, it, it's incredible. You know, from the era that we grew up in, uh, the guys that are passing away. I mean, you know, diehard Ranger fan. So you know, Clark Gillies and Mike Bossy were not on my list, but uh, what, Mike Bossy, the greatest goal scorer probably of all time, and now R.I.P. to uh, Gila Floor, who I was that. just. I mean, it's incredible, man. Like these guys are 65 and 70 years old, which I don't have to tell you, Rich, is you know. Around the corner for us, from us, so it's scary. This is uh, terrible. But uh, R.I.P. Uh, Gila Floor. Take care of yourself, Al. You be Thank well. You. That's Bye. Alan Dallas here on the Rich Eisen Show. Every golf equipment company claims to be longer off the tee, but Callaway's new Rogue ST driver is the only one completely built to bomb it, because the Rogue ST driver is speed tuned to be Callaway's fastest, most stable driver ever. There's one for everybody because it's engineered with a tungsten speed cartridge. All four different types of these drivers. It gives you more speed on off-center hits and provides more forgiveness thanks to high MOI. I use the Max because if it's incredible combination of distance and forgiveness, there's the Max D if you want a dedicated draw model for players and need more shot shape correction. The Max LS if there's something you need more low spin, stronger trajectory, more neutral ball flight. If you're one of those true players out there and you think you can play like the pros, use what the pros use. That's the Rogue ST Triple Diamond LS. Callaway has thought through every aspect of speed, so all you've got to do is go rogue. Find your rogue ST driver at callawaygolf.com slash go rogue. It's Friday, so that means it's time for us to figure out uh, what's more likely here on the Rich Eisen Show. Go for it, Christopher. You ready? What? What's more likely? Never say never, but never. Thank you so much, Coach Tomlin. Go for it, Mike. All right. Uh, uh, all right. Chris, Let's what do, do you it. Got? Let's do it. Some NBA ones and then a couple uh, NFL drafts, and then we'll hit the weekend. All right. What's more likely? Uh, team to avoid the sweep in the first round of the NBA playoffs, Nuggets or Raptors? I'll go Raptors. I'll go Raptors. I think my Warriors are crushing it right now, and I think there's a big problem for the Nuggets. Uh, coming up, I think they get swept. Um, and I say that the Raptors are going to take one and send it back to Philadelphia and start the clock on the oh no, here we go again uh, conversation for the Sixers and Doc Rivers. I'm not saying it's going to happen. No. But I'm asked what's more likely. That's what's more likely to me. I say yeah, that the, I, I actually think uh, Toronto might get one. I mean, they've played pretty well the last two games. They've been kind of unlucky. Unlucky to lose the overtime game. But I saw a good stat. Jokic, uh, one of the first players to ever score 20-plus points in seven straight playoff games and to lose all seven. <laughs> that's an, uh, that's takes some doing, man. But Ridiculous. I think the Warriors are... are uh, yeah, they're kind of next level. Right? Yes. We're there won't be a minutes... Re- I think they complete the sweep and then the minutes restriction will be bye, lifted. Bye-bye. Sixers right. and four. Okay. All right, here we go. All right, uh, next up, uh, what's more likely? Uh, series tied at 1-1, most likely to go seven. 1-1 series right now, most likely to go seven games. Bulls, Bucks, or Suns, Pelicans. Injury is also a big factor in these series. Bulls, Bucks. I think the Suns eventually take care of the Pelicans, certainly if they're not playing Zion. Come on now, Matt. Come on now, Matt. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go Bulls, Bucks. That's what I'll say. Bulls, Bucks. TJ, any yeah. thoughts to that? Any thoughts to that one? More likely. More likely? Uh, What's more likely? 
You're, Devin Booker, man, he's just him yeah, not playing the is a problem. Are gonna, I know that, but the Suns, the Suns are the one seed, man. They I know, but you know why the they're the one seed? <laughs> because of Devin Booker. Okay, uh, I, I would say that. Uh, I'll go with you on that one, Rich. So, you don't have yeah. to. You don't have to agree. Just no, because I, I, I also feel the Bulls are a lot better team. Understood. Than they're getting credit. I, for I too, agree, so. and I, and but I think Giannis is going to with Chris Middleton be, being out. I too. understand. So I agree with you on that. That's one. Right. I appreciate you're a basketball that. guy. Why oh, wouldn't I agree? God with you? Almighty. <laughs> All right, here we go, guys. Uh, next up, these two series are both two zero. So what's more likely? Celtics go and win both games in Brooklyn. Or the Hawks down 0-2 win both games at home. Uh, I don't think either are likely at all. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Um, yeah I'll, I'll go with the Hawks on that front. I, I'll go with the Hawks on that front. How about this? I think it's going to be uh, a pivotal game five in, in uh, Boston. I'll go with the Nets winning both at home. Really? Yeah. That's where I'll go. Wow. I don't see either of those things happening. All right. All right. Fair. All right. What's uh, more likely is that what's but, more but, likely. but there we won't know this by Monday, right? We won't know that by Monday. No, okay, no, we won't. All right, what else? All right, uh, team down two one, most likely to come back and win their series. Team down two one, mm-hmm. Jazz or Wolves? Um, I'll go Wolves. I think Luke is coming back to make things a little bit more dicey. And the fact that Dallas is. Manned up, Jalen well, Brunson. Jalen Brunson, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Both I think Luca comes two, back oh, and it'll make things dicey for the Jazz. I think you might have, uh, if if Quinn Snyder and Nick Nurse are on the Lakers' radar, I think uh, <laughs> by this point next week, the radar will have some pings on it. Like it's the Red October. Yeah. Who's more likely to be the Lakers coach, Quinn Snyder or Nick Nurse? I'll go Nick Nurse. How about a bonus? What's more likely? We don't even have any uh, any <laughs> yeah, graphics yeah, to support it. We just made that up. Okay. All right. A couple of NFL draft ones real go. quick. Okay. More. What's more likely? Wide receiver to be traded before the draft. A nice three pack of Debo, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. Oh, I'll take the none. I'll take the none. That's not one of the options. It is the. It is an, <laughs> I'm making an option. None of them are going what's anywhere. More likely. None. None. If something were to happen. None yet. Like, my kids are always like, Dad, when are we going to get there? Dad, what time is it? It's, you know what time it is? It's half past none yet. (laughs) How many, how many more, Dad, what, how how many more minutes do we going to go till we get there? None yet minutes. That's why I got best dad ever. None yet minutes. None yet. All right, last one. Uh, we asked this last week, so let's do it again uh, in, in a similar fashion. So you want to answer that question? What do you think? Uh, Debo, look, Debo, I think it's Debo Samuel. No, he's not going anywhere. No way, no how. I know I'm putting it out there. I know the man who spoke <laughs> to Debo on yesterday's show, Jeff Darlington, said if his guess is that he'll be gone by next week. Let's we can revisit this on Monday. Sure. There's no what. Why would the Niners do that? I mean, Rich, if he's homesick, he's gonna play. If he's gonna, if he's homesick and, and he doesn't want to sign, if he's homesick and doesn't want to sign long term, then great. Then let's have a farewell tour in the NFC West this year. Or you pay him and just have him move all his family to the Bay Area. Like you're homesick. Here, everyone, come to him. Right. You can have I'm his own. That guy have his own South Carolina crib. Yeah, right? yeah like get out of whatever here. Whatever it is, build your own crib. <laughs> Yeah, right. All right, last one. Last one. What's Llamas more, what's more likely? We get a trade into the top six for a quarterback or some draft day news stunner like Rodgers last year. Um, I'll go a trade into the top six for a quarterback is more likely. Although the hell going on is this is the phrase that pays. So just some like. So what bomb. would the stunner be that uh, that Murray does in fact demand out? Maybe one out? or one of these guys gets traded, or you know Tom Brady does something. I don't know. Just another some kind draft of thing day like, stunner. Yeah, I'll go. I'll over. go trade into the top six. You want it top five for Kenny Pickett? Yeah, that would be a great I moment. Because Carolina's at six. No, I know that. No, and that's that's where it goes. Or people need to get in front of Carolina to go get who they want, and that's the way Kenny Pickett winds up being a top five pick. That'd be great. Because the Giants want to trade out. I think the Giants want to trade out. You trade out of five, you get more picks later on next year and later on in the draft, and you still got seven in your back pocket. That's a nice W. Although that might cost them the guy we're about to talk to here in Evan Neal. 
Good What's More Likely, Christopher, right there. Rock and roll. All right. Evan Neal, one of the top prospects in all the land, going to be joining us. And then after him, Liam Neeson. Neeson. We will find you if you tra- <laughs> if you uh, touch that dial. And I know there's no dials anymore. <laughs> there's no more dials. There are no more dials. Let's go to Jackson in Minnesota. What's up, Jackson? We'll take your call here. What's going on, Jackson? Hey, Rich. Hey, Chris. Hey, Jason, hey, TJ, how are you guys doing? We're all It's on your mind. So I wanted to talk to you, Rich, about how nine days ago you were on the air talking about how the Timberwolves had the right to celebrate. They did. <laughs> and I think last night really showed us why. <laughs> just just another straw that broke the camel's back. Uh I mean, Camel's back isn't lose? broken. Camel's back isn't broken. It was a terrible loss. It's terrible. You're at home. No, I, it's I, not I'm good. I'm talking all of Minnesota sports. You've got wide left misses, wide right misses, terrible twins games, everything. It's, oh it's just gosh. too much, and that's that's why you got to cheer for when you win playing. That's it, man. I and mean, we spoke to Kevin O'Connell the other day. I liked him. Chris, didn't you like Kevin O'Connell? I did like Kevin Dungeon O'Connell. Dungeon and TJ, didn't you seem like a te- Kevin O'Connell's guy on the ball? He's sort of like the anti-Zimmer. <laughs> you know, oh, like yeah. every every I'm answer doesn't say. sound like it's, you know, he's just sucked on a lemon. <laughs> you know? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I got some hope. Yeah, you got that going on. One one loss and it might be gone. (laughs) I don't know. And then, listen, the the Timberwolves could still win this series. You know, they could still win this series. Oh, we can we can hope, but that that was a bad loss. That hurt. Twenty five. I agree. That absolutely hurt last night. Wasn't yeah. And uh, Carl Anthony Towns did uh, did not. Would you would you say tweet last night that if you hope you sold all your cat superstar stock. Let me tell you something. Carl Anthony Towns bud. only getting four shots in the game. You're not going to beat. What are they uh, the, doing? You're not going to beat the El Segundo High School team if he's only getting four shots. And we shots. talked about on like, the pod that this the other day too, TJ. He only had seven the game before. Yeah, like uh, unacceptable. It's also kind of the same thing in Utah with Gobert. I realize Gobert doesn't have the skill set that a Cat or an Embiid or a Joker has. The dude's seven two. You got to find a way to get him. He had he was six of six yesterday. I think he had three shots the game before. They've got to do something to get him. That's going to get blown up. That's that that is the candidate for yeah for blowing like this right is, now. That's that things could get. I mean, they're in their final form. Don, Donovan Mitchell, future New York Nick, is uh, on the radar. I think. All right, yeah. Spider Man back in New York. Yeah. So. Huh? Does all the things that oh, a spider yeah. can spins a web. Spins a web. 